we all have those situations that we tend to lose our cool over. And it's different for, for each of us, right? Maybe it's when your kids are bickering. Maybe for you, it's teaching your kids math. The way that they respond to math like just makes you lose your cool. Maybe um, getting your kids to do what's expected of them, like getting them to do their schoolwork and their chores, like ends up in a power struggle and you lose your cool. Whatever the situation is that triggers you, what's likely happening is that you are stuck in a cycle, right? Of getting triggered, then feeling guilty, promising you're gonna do better next time and it's gonna work out better next time, you're not gonna lose your cool, but then you go through the cycle again, you get triggered, you feel guilty, you say you're gonna do better next time again. And I know that you don't want to be stuck in this cycle because I've been there and I go there. And we know that when we lose our cool on our kids, we're just, we're not a good example for our kids. We're not teaching them how to be Christ-like when we let our anger overcome us. And it hurts our relationships. But it can be really hard to change those habits. So today we're walking through three steps that will help you break that cycle, that will help you change your reactions to those circumstances that trigger you. So grab a piece of paper and a pencil and let's dig in. Hey mama, welcome to the Nourished Mom podcast, where you're going to learn how to find balance between homeschooling, housework, and all the other things. God is calling your family to a life of peace and goodness, even on those days when you're trying to remember why you chose to homeschool, you just want a minute to yourself, and you're overwhelmed with a million things to do. If you're ready for simple routines, time management strategies, and biblical mindsets to transform your days from on balance to intentional, then you are in the right place. So set those kiddos up with some Legos, some independent work, or whatever is gonna keep them engaged for the next 15 minutes while we dig into today's show. Welcome back, ladies. So I don't know about you guys, but I I truly believe that homeschooling has brought out both the best and the worst in me as a mom, right? So it's revealed talents that I really, I didn't know that I had. It's really, truly grown me closer to God and to my family for sure. But it's also revealed some really tough, heart issues, sin issues that I didn't realize that I struggled with. One of them, my need for control, right? When I went to the office every day, I had control over how I wanted my day to go, right? I could listen to what I wanted to on my way in in the car. I could set my desk up the way I wanted to. I could have peace and quiet when I needed it. I could go to the bathroom when I wanted to. It just so much more of my day was controlled, right? And when you're with kids all day, there's just a lot less that we can control. Um, Another thing that I struggle with is a lack of patience. Like I didn't really realize how unpatient I was until I started homeschooling. My selfishness, like, ugh, yeah, I'm selfish. And I didn't realize it until, until the Lord revealed it, right? The Lord has really revealed some tough things through my homeschooling journey. And one of the things that all of these 
issues, these sin issues that have been revealed, one of the things that they all have in common is that they are all root causes of me losing my temper on my kids. And I mean, we all lose our temper, right? Let's not pretend that we don't. Like we all lose our temper. We all have things that trigger us. We all deal with the mom guilt that comes after we lose our cool and act like crazy people. But the thing is, we have a way of escape. As Christians, we we have Jesus. We have God to help us break those cycles. We have the Holy Spirit to walk with us through those hard circumstances and to help change our hearts. And when we learn God's word and his truths and then apply them to our lives, we can we can break that cycle, right? We need to renew our minds with his truth. So that's what we're doing today. Today we are going to walk it out. I'm going to give you three steps to help you apply that, help you apply God's truths to your specific circumstances. So step number one is to know your triggers, right? We, we all encounter similar situations as moms, but so much of that varies. And not only does it vary, but we all have our own individual reactions to those circumstances. What stresses one mom out might barely affect another mom. And what one mom like thinks is a breeze, another mom might be losing her cool over. Each mom's circumstances in the way that they are wired to react to them or the way that they have learned to react to them are unique. So you really need to identify what are your triggers? What are the things that are really causing you to lose your cool, right? If you want to change that pattern, if you want to change that narrative in your household, in your homeschooling days, you've got to identify the triggers and you have to be honest with yourself. You really need to start to learn the root. Like why does that situation trigger you? And it could be, there could be so many layers to it. So I'll give you an example from my life. Like doing chores, teaching the kids to do their chores and having them, like just walking it out with them can be a major trigger for me. Like this is the point of the day that I'm most likely, if I'm going to lose my cool that day, it's going to be then. So why? Why is it a trigger for me? Well... For some reason, I turn into like a control freak the minute it's time to start doing chores. And I want things done my way and on my timeline. I want respect and obedience. And I think oftentimes the expectations that I have, especially for my youngest, are not realistic when it comes to respect and obedience. Um, I'm easily offended. I believe that I don't have enough time to get the things done that I want to do and it causes me stress. Another thing that I've realized um, a root cause of me losing my cool in this situation is that sometimes I believe that my worth is in how clean I keep the house. And I, I really don't like to admit that because I know deep down that that is not true. But over the last couple weeks I've seen it pop into my mind seeing these just the way that I speak to myself this narrative pop into my mind like the other day things weren't going great during chore time surprise surprise (laughs) and I was getting overwhelmed and I was starting to lose my cool and I was like kind of spiraling and the one thing I kept thinking was 
we have to leave the house in 10 minutes. I'm taking Judah, my dad, to the doctor's. And the house is trash. We have not done any of our chores. And I just, I want to get this done. So when daddy comes home, he doesn't come home to a dirty house. Because he's going to look around and be like, what the heck did mom do all day? Like, maybe mom's not pulling her weight. Maybe mom's not doing her share. Maybe mom's lazy. Or, and he doesn't believe any of these things. But these are like the thoughts that were coming into my mind. So obviously I'm thinking that Somehow my worth is in keeping the house clean. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> so I want you to go through the things that trigger you. And why do you think that they're actually a trigger for you? Like what is, what is your narrative that plays out in your mind? All right, write it all down. Write it down. Get a journal open. Start doing it. Then step number two, you need to identify the lies that you're believing, believing and replace them with God's truth. Right? So what are you believing in that circumstance that is not true? Well, some of the things that were triggering me was that, you know, I wanted things done my way. So I'm believing that my way is better than everyone else's. Right? And it's easy to believe that with with children, right? We believe that we're the adults. We know how to be efficient. We know how to get things done. So we force things to be done our way and don't even take into consideration that our kids might have a good way of doing it themselves or that by letting them do it their their way it'll actually help them learn better to problem solve better instead of us stepping in so anyway i'm believing that my way is better right but what does the bible tell us philippians 2 3 through 4 tells us do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Right? So I'm thinking my way is the best. Do it my way because you better. <laughs> and I'm not considering your way. I'm not humbling myself to consider that you might have a good way too. All right. So another lie that I'm believing that if my kids are not executing the thing I'm asking them to do in the way that I think that they should, that they are being disrespectful or disobedient. And I've realized that many times when I think that they're being disrespectful or disobedient, it's not even the case, that it's actually just miscommunication. And I'm just simply being easily offended because they didn't listen right away. Well, they didn't listen right away lots of times because they didn't understand what I was asking of them. Or, I mean, there's so many reasons. And when I actually take the time to talk to my kids, usually after I freak out and we sit down and I'm like, hey, I freaked out on you. I'm super sorry. Let's kind of dissect this and see where it went wrong. When I take the time to do that, I find out that most of the time it was a miscommunication and they weren't trying to be disobedient or to offend me. And anyway, what's, God, what's God's word say about being easily offended? Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Honestly, even when they are trying to be disobedient and disrespectful on purpose, a lot of times it's in the best interest of everybody to overlook that offense and not let it provoke me. Another lie that I'm believing, that I need to force my children to be obedient. Now, the truth is that you can't force anyone to do anything, right? And obedience is something that needs to come from their heart. It's a change in their heart that the Holy Spirit will help them with, that I can help them with as a parent. I can't force it. I need to teach it, right? Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 8 says, And these words that I command of you today shall be on your heart. 
You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So the word that I want to highlight there is teach. So that Hebrew word shonan, probably pronouncing it wrong, shonan I think, is uh, the word that means to sharpen a tool. And when you sharpen a tool, it's something that you do over and over again until it's sharp. Teaching our kids isn't something that's going to happen in a week or a month or, you know, even a year. Teaching them to be consistently obedient, this is the work of our parenthood. This is going to be something that we sharpen and sharpen and sharpen over and over until our kids are ready to leave our house. So thinking that I need to force my kids to be obedient in that situation and getting into that power struggle is just really nonsensical. All right, another lie that I'm believing is that I don't have enough time. A lot of times during our chore time, even if we have nothing else to do, I'm like trying to rush everyone along and I get frustrated when it's taking too long because I... I don't feel like I have enough time to do all the things that I want to do that day. Or maybe I don't want to waste my time doing chores that I think should take a certain amount of time. And when they don't take that amount of time, I get upset because because I truly, deep down, believe I don't have enough time. And that is a lie, right? I have enough time to do the things that God is calling me to do. So I simply need to trust in God's plan. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Jesus Christ. Every need of mine. So do I think that the time that I need is not included in that? Like that's just simply not true. If I need the time, God's going to help work it out for his glory. And there is a... Oh gosh, I'm not, I haven't read this story in a long time, but there's a story, I think Joshua, when he's, there's a battle and um, the Lord actually makes the sun like stand still so that his people can win the battle. And I just, when I read that story, I was like, oh my gosh, because that fear of mine that there's not enough time, um, it just really opened my eyes to like, there's nothing that, that God is not powerful enough to do right? Not saying that he's going to stop time for us every day, but I just need to have a little more faith that he's going to work it out, right? Romans 8, 28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So that means even when my kids aren't doing their chores, even when it takes two hours to do 20 minutes of chores, I know that the Lord can take that situation and use it for good. It might not look the way that I thought it would or the way that I wanted it to, But God's way is better than my way, right? For his plans, for his ways are higher than our own. So I want you to go through the lies that you're believing. So those triggers that you wrote down, the root causes, what are the lies that you're believing around those? And then look at God's word. What have you learned about God? What have you learned through God's word? How can you apply those truths to the lies that you're believing? Ask the Lord to reveal to you what those lies are and what his truths are and pay attention to your internal dialogue. I've recently have, I don't know, like things that I didn't think I thought, I've realized that I do, I actually do think by listening to my internal dialogue. Like the other day, 
Dale wanted to go to the grocery store, which would be like, yes, why would I not want him to do that? Because I was short for time. And I'm like, hey, listen, I want to get the podcast recorded, but I didn't get to go to the grocery store. And I'm stressed about it. And he's like, I'll go to the grocery store. And I was like, yeah, but then you're going to know how much we spend on groceries and you're going to get discouraged because I'm not, I, I didn't say this out loud, but the thought was because I'm not doing a good enough job with the groceries. That was what I was believing, right? That I'm not doing a good enough job. I'm not, I I need to be better at it. I need to save more money. I need to budget better. I need to figure out a better way so we can save money. And I was thinking that I I don't do a good job. And I'm like, what? I think that about myself. But when, when I dissected like what I was saying out loud, I realized that I actually do think that. My internal dialogue proved that I thought that. So pay attention to the things that you're saying to yourself or that you're saying to others and what that reveals about what you really think. But know that these lies that we think and believe, they don't have to have control over us, right? Romans 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed by this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We can renew our minds with his truth. All right, step number three, we need to create a new response, a new pathway in our brain. When we're triggered and we start going down that pathway, we want to replace it with something new. So now that you've identified the lies, right, the ways of thinking that are leading you to that undesired behavior, that are leading you to lose your cool when you don't want to, you need to train your brain to respond in a new way. So think of the trigger, what does it actually look like? Like, how does it play out? So for example, my trigger of chore time, what usually happens is Forrest refuses to do his chores. Then I start lecturing and he pushes back and I get offended that he is not being obedient. And then all the lies and fears start creeping in. Like, I need to teach him to be obedient. We don't have enough time. Um, I need to get the house clean before daddy comes home. All of these lies, bam, I lose my cool. So instead, we're going to diffuse the situation step by step. So that first step, Forrest refuses to do his chores. I'm not even going to go into the lecturing because it causes me to spiral, right? I know it causes me to go into that that cycle of losing my cool. So I'm not going to go there. So when Forrest refuses to do his chores, I'm going to choose to react in a different way. So this is what I'm practicing. Instead, I say, I say, I see you're having a hard time listening. Is there something I can do to help you obey? This could go well, or it may go really bad. I don't know. So then another option I'm working on is, okay, so maybe he freaks out. And I calmly say, well, you have two options. You can stay and help us do the chores, or you can go to your room and do your chores during your free time later. Now, this situation can keep going all different ways, depending on how he responds, depending on how I respond, but I can only control my own response, right? So what I do is I kind of think out what are the different scenarios that might play out? How are the different ways that he tends to react? And how can I respond in a way that is biblical, in a way that is Christ-like? And keep it simple, right? Like he says this, my response is simple. It's this, right? Don't get all crazy in your mind and get chaotic. And then when you hear those thoughts creeping in, those lies, when you feel your body getting tense, when you know you're going to go down into that freak out, like lose your cool mode, choose that new response. Repeat your truths, right? So I'm going to repeat teaching obedience is a long process. It's not going to happen today. 
right? It is not my job to control him. The Lord gives me patience, right? God is working everything for my good, even in this situation. Repeat the truths that you learned by going through that step in applying God's truth to your situation. And then maybe your new response, you know, if maybe it's going to escalate, he's going to lose his cool and start having a temper tantrum. And maybe my response to that is going to be stepping out of the room and praying or singing, right? Have those tactics ready ahead of time. Have like a toolbox of four tactics that you're going to use. If one of them doesn't work, go to the next one. So then when you get triggered, you can practice your new response. Okay, so let's recap. Step number one, know your triggers. Know the root. Why does this thing bother you? Why does it really bother you? Step number, step number two, identify the lies. What lies are you believing around it? What is your internal narrative? What lies are the, is the enemy speaking into your mind? Identify the lies and then replace them with God's truths. What do you know about God? What do you know about his word? What do you know about what he says is true? Replace those lies with his truth. Step number three, create a new response, right? Go through what it looks like usually for you and dissect it and create a new response. Give yourself four tactics to use instead of losing your cool. You've got this, Mama. I know that the Lord has created you to be patient, right? Calm, joyful, gentle. He's created you to have the fruits of the Spirit. So all we have to do is walk in step with the Spirit and let Him change our hearts, right? You do your part, walk through the steps, and then pray and ask the Lord to change you, to create in you a clean heart and renew a right spirit within you. The Lord wants you to turn to Him for help in those tough moments. He is your way of escape. So renew your mind with his truth. Start practicing that. All right, I just, I pray that the Lord gives you an extra portion of patience as you start up your new school routines this fall. I pray that he just gives you wisdom on how to guide your children, how to teach them in a way that, that brings peace to your home. I pray that he gives you wisdom in the moments of tension, in the moments of stress, of how to react in a biblical way. And I pray that he empowers you to carry it out, right? The Lord is our strength. The Lord is your strength. And he is here to help you on this journey. I just praise him for being with each and every one of us. In Jesus' name.